Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, uh, we were joined by Japanese football expert uh, over in Japan, Alan Gibson. Yeah. Celtic have done a bit of business. Wolves have done a bit of business in the J League. And we wanted to find out more about these players. And he had some very interesting stuff to say uh, about uh, the way that football deals are done in Japan. Yeah, he's always very interesting. Yeah. Um, We also spoke to Dr Paul O'Connor. Uh, from the University of Exeter, who was talking about the joys of being a middle-aged skateboarder. A new study is done. And uh, he took us down some avenues. We weren't up and down some ramps we weren't expecting. It was quite interesting. Um, we did all that. We had a bit of a conversation. We did. We had a couple of chats. You weighed in with a, a squad of, uh, of generic footballers. All will be uh, revealed very shortly. So, here it is. <laughs> Six minutes past one. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Afternoon, Happy New Year. I haven't oh, reached the cut off. To you. Happy New Year to the listeners, of course. <clears throat> yeah. and I'm very excited because I got a new pair of football boots for Christmas. Oh, did you really? They're yes. going to get a lot of wear, aren't they? Well, they are. The Puma Romeo Beckhams. Oh, really? Tremendous. I felt inspired wearing them. Who wouldn't aspire to be a, somebody who plays for Inter Miami Reserves? Has he got? Well Has worth £1.2 million. I, 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 I missed that story. It. Has he signed for him? Has he? Yeah, Puma have given him a 1.2 million boot deal. I didn't see that. <laughs> it's a joke, nice. Do you know, know you're going to get a pair of Romeos, not a pair of Kings, are you? Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> Just the idea. Ridiculous. Things you invested in. It's like the old joke, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I, I, I feel ill, Doctor. Well, you know, any advice, I don't buy any LPs. It's a bit like buying, <laughs> with respect, Andy, buying a new pair of football boots now. <laughs> I mean, well, if I was like you, you're at the. I mean, I, I, I don't mean one, you're going to play once a year. Yeah, I'm just saying, Christmas you can borrow boots to do that. I, I wouldn't go out. I mean, that would be <laughs> belt and braces to go and spend 200 quid and a pair of Puma Romeos, wouldn't it, really? <laughs> it's brilliant. It's 1.2 million boot deal. Yeah, That's amazing. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, as you said <clears> at the start, well, we, we meet each other tonight, yeah. our teams, and uh, with five of the last six at the bridge being draws, and uh, I'm fully expecting another draw tonight. Horace Batchelor. Oh, nice. <laughs> he would have loved it. Yeah. He would have loved Just it remind the, the bridge. remind the... Well, remind anybody under seven to you, Horace Batchelor. <laughs> I said to the producer this morning, I was telling him about Horace Batchelor, and he well, said he to cool, me... But... <laughs> yeah, and he said to me... He did, I said, have you heard of him? He went, no. No, no. So he well, looked why him would up. he look at him? Why, he's about 26, <laughs> 27. He, he, born, he died 44 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> he was born in 1898. <laughs> there we are. Infra-draw method, that was his thing. So yeah, what yeah. was he? Tell us who he was. I mean, I've, I know the name. I don't really know much about he what he did. He was on Radio Luxembourg. He oh, OK, well, fair enough. That helps. He used to say, yeah. hello, I'm Horace Batchelor. Well, that, that was his name. You must try my... <laughs> 
My infra-draw method. And what, what was it? It was a system of winning, system winning of the pools. Out. Yeah, you needed to get eight draws up on the pools. Did Viv Nicholson... Did sp- tell me, we're going down this of... vintage rabbit <laughs> hole, aren't we? Bachelor. <laughs> and on that subject, anyway, we're going to get you involved it. this yeah. afternoon because <laughs> we were chatting about Novak Djokovic earlier on and, of course, one of the things we've, we've been told is that this is a completely blind review, that they don't know who um, they are looking at an exemption for. It could be anybody. I said it could be Novak Djokovic and it came from... I said, it could be Charlie Farns Barnes. <laughs> yes. And it was great to hear Charlie Farns Barnes yeah. used again. It's the sort of name that your old dad or whatever would just yeah, say. Yeah. You know, it's just me and, you know, it's typical. And it could have been anybody. It could yeah, have been yeah. Charlie Farns Barnes. And um, so we thought we would build it. Because maybe, you know, your old mum, your dad, maybe you, maybe, or granddad, you've got that kind of go-to made-up name that uh, people tend to use in moments like that when they're just trying. So we're going to put a squad together. Charlie Farnsbarns, he plays Trendous up front. Player, yeah. he's, he's there. Joe Schmo for the, the American <laughs> he's player. He's, he's in the squad. Yeah. We've got a midfield three, uh, as suggested by any of uh, any old Tom, Dick and Harry. So we've got Tom, Dick and <laughs> Harry in the midfield. Farnsbarns, Schmo, uh, Tom, Dick and Harry. So add to the list. If, there's, if there was a name that you or someone you know mm. always comes up with, that kind of left-field fictional name uh, we'll add them to the squad list uh, this afternoon we're building quite a team talksport.com forward slash H&J text to 81089 tweet to and you're probably wondering where does the name Charlie Farns Barnes come from well I can tell you it comes it comes from a radio sitcom of the 1940s called, called Much Binding in the Marsh it was Horace's favourite <laughs> it probably was so that's where the boy Farns Barnes comes from. So we'll, yeah, we'll try uncle, and get as up no, to date uncle, as we my can. Cousin, my distant cousin was in that. Was he really? Sam Costa. Cool, fantastic. OK, no, no. well, we won't to all our yesterdays. No. We'll drag you <laughs> into the 1870s, I'm sure, over yeah. the next few hours. Um, so what else is going on, Andy? Oh, yeah, I want to get your yeah. take. We've not had your take yet on mm. Lukaku Gate and all the mayhem of the last few days. How do you think... Um, it Tuckles handed it, uh, handled it. Sorry, what do you make of what <laughs> Lukaku said? Give us your considered well, opinion. I mean, basically, what an idiot. Is what Who? I think. Lukaku. Lukaku. Yeah. Mm. I mean, he did that classic thing. He was unhappy because he wasn't getting a game. He, he didn't. He made an all right start. Then he struggled a little bit. Then he got injured, and then he got COVID. And he couldn't <clears> get a game, <throat> and so he does an interview, and then. It, he forgets about it, and then he, then he comes back. He scores in two games running, so you think, oh, everything's fine. And then the interview comes out, and you think, yeah. brilliant, well done. Personally, I don't know. I mean, a lot of Chelsea fans agreed with what Tuchel did. I personally, it's not my way of handling these matters, and whenever I've been managing people, I try and sort it out yeah. before that and not cut my nose off to spite my face. And there was an element of that on, you know, but then when I heard mm. that the other players... He'd asked the players. I thought that was good. He'd asked the players what they felt, and they felt that Lukaku mm. should be punished. So fair enough. I mean, if I, I was worried, the other players would think, "Well, no, he, he had a point." But yeah, you know. So was well, it, that was I the only like, thing. The fact that he went to other players and yeah, sounded him out, and they good. felt that yeah, was. Yeah. But you know, I does, hope he doesn't leave him out tonight. Does that, he doesn't put him on the. Does bench. that suggest there's there was something going on that there was a bit of bad blood between him and some of the other players? The fact they went to other and they well, felt. I think, that, I think the, you know he hadn't <clears> played very well, <throat> and then you know then he then he did start to look the part. I mean, he was great against Villa when he came on. He turned the game completely, yeah. and he scored against Brighton. 
But I, I mean, I'll have a blinder tonight. Well, it's all might, set up. Yeah, you might. I, I still feel it'd probably be a draw. But, uh, <clears> you know, and Chelsea Liverpool was a classic. Mm. It was a great game. Yeah, but was. I still felt like I did for most of the festive fair. It's like going to the West End. It's like going to the West End Theatre and all the main stars are being replaced by understudies. Yeah. And you do, it has that feel about it. And the, some teams are stronger than other teams. And it just. <laughs> It's just not very balanced. There's nothing that anybody can do about it. And we have seen some good games, which is good. But in the end, you do kind of feel that. But, you know. Just to remind you, the, the news in the last uh, 10 minutes or so is that Arsenal-Liverpool uh, tomorrow night in the Carabao Cup is off, unfortunately. It's mm. been postponed. Liverpool um, asked uh, if they could get yeah, that I mean, postponed. That's, that's a classic example where <clears throat> Arsenal had a week off, whereas Man City had to play Brentford, which was a tough game, and Brentford yeah. did well. Then go back to Manchester, then come mm. back to London, then play Arsenal, who had a whole week to prepare. Yeah. And you think, oh, what a surprise. Arsenal looked much fresher than City. You know, so Well they played well as well. It wasn't just freshness. They played they played very well. They had a lot more energy than City, but you know, City are very resourceful, as they say. So there we go. Um the cricket. I love the fact that the ECB put out a tweet saying Oh, yes, it's been a great day, uh, 126 for three. We're really in it. We dream of being 126 for three. <laughs> well, I think We've we dream, never been 126. We, we They've dream already of being got 26 for now. three. Honestly. <clears throat> BT accountants are pleased, though, because thanks to England, they've saved money <clears throat> on studio hire. They only need to book three days. Yes, it's, it's good, isn't it? Yeah, they're just... Um, can, we have, can we have a light pencil <laughs> through the remaining two days? Oh, we're building quite a team of these fictional players. Oh, good. Charlie Farnsbonds, Joe Schmo. Um, Tom, Dick and Harry, they're going to be joined in goal by Gordon Bennett. Thank you, oh, Jeff. Gordon, Bennett, Gordon Bennett's got to play. Doris has to be the tea lady. <laughs> tea lady at the club has to. You have Doris. to be called Doris. You're yeah. a tea lady. Uh, Kevin says, uh, what about Jimmy Riddle in the middle? Oh, yeah, yeah You've good. even got the song for him. That's marvellous, <laughs> Jimmy Riddle in the middle. And um, he's in there. Thank you, Kevin. Um, yes, um, Charlie Big Potatoes is in there. <laughs> Dave Dakin, thank you very much for that, Dave. And, of course... Joe Bloggs uh, oh, yeah. will have to feature in the team. Well done, David. <laughs> uh, Nick in Brighton takes us back to uh, Sir Allen with Carlos Kickable. Yes. He'll have to be in the side. <laughs> he would. Um, so do keep those. Willie Nelly, the Dutch player, <laughs> he'll be in there. Yeah, thank you, Steve. He's what a player a good... he was. The Dutch master, Willie Nelly. Mm. So uh, keep those coming. We're building a team of fictional players. If there's a name that you reach for, talksport.com, mm. text 81089, tweet TSH&J. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Now, uh, as you're probably aware, certainly if you're a, a Celtic fan, um, more business was done last week in Japan. It's proved very successful for you so far. And three players, I think a couple of them jetting in today, we know this because the mascot of one of the uh, selling clubs were monitoring the airport and seeing <laughs> one of the players flying to Glasgow. Uh, Wolves uh, are the latest to do a bit of business from the J-League. Hiyayu Kawabi has joined. He's gone straight back to Grasshoppers on loan. But... Um, Let's chat now. Let's find out more about these players. Mammy often turns on Japanese football. Uh, Alan Gibson. Good afternoon, Alan. Hello. You're a suck of a punishment, you guys, aren't you? Yeah, we've got you. Well, I mean, there's all this business being done. I mean, from maybe start with the Celtic boys because it kind of slightly got lost maybe uh, down here the other day. These these signings and some some good players they've picked up and say they've there's the link through the manager to Japan and indeed the business they've already done, which we said has been already very successful. Indeed, I mean, obviously, Ange knew exactly what he was doing, and he uh, he targeted these guys from the start. And um, I think uh, Kyogo Furuhashi, as Kyogo as you guys call him over there, has been a huge success. So uh, 
I think you're getting three more gems at Celtic. What can I tell you about them? Ask me something. Yeah. Well, let's, what are they like? <laughs> let's start with a boy who says, call, call me Gucci. Uh, we should start with uh, Itaguchi, who's come from Gamba Osaka, the midfielder. Yep, yeah, love him. I've been watching him since he was a little boy, literally. He was at Gamba when he was about, I don't know, eight or nine years old and uh, played extremely well. He had uh, he had a fantastic season around uh, 2017 when, of course, uh, he was in the national team and he helped qualify for the World Cup. And then uh, suddenly he was on his way to Leeds United and we all know how that went. But um, I think uh, the fact that he's had a, what most people conceive as a, a failure in Europe already will only spur him on. I mean, he had management problems at Leeds and then uh, injuries, sadly, two quite serious injuries and played about, I don't know, 10 games overall in Europe over close to two years so he came back with his tail between his legs as most people have said but uh, he had a great season for Gamba in 2020 uh, they came uh, second in the league and second in the cup and uh, uh, this, the last season for Gamba has been tough because they, they lost a month literally through uh, Covid all the games were cancelled postponed and uh, they've had injuries and things but uh, Gamba have managed to survive and uh, he's obviously done himself he played himself back into the national team again as well which was good um, and uh, I, I heard that uh, Ange was looking for a combative midfielder, but uh, actually, of these three, I think Idiguchi was the biggest surprise, but might well be the, the biggest success of all three of these guys, I believe. So, Atate's another midfielder. What, is he, how does he differ from uh, Idiguchi then as a player? Uh, he's not Japanese, and no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> he's, uh, a lot, he's, he's come, he's done very well. Uh, whereas uh, Idiguchi came through the, the the youth ranks at Gamba and basically out of high school. Hatate, like uh, many Japanese players, uh, finished university and didn't really burst onto the scene, for want of a better word, until he was, you know, he's already 22. And um, last season and, and early early this season, he filled in at left back for uh, like months. And so people were getting to know who he was uh, because he was playing a brilliant game at left back and suddenly everybody thought there's a great left back here but <laughs> he's uh, he's a basically an attacking left midfield player as opposed to a central Idiguchi is more of a, a biting central a central uh, midfield player with a little bit of malice if necessary gets stuck in not afraid of a fight Hatate is a skillful uh, left winger I would say he's probably his best position he's even played like centre forward if necessary he's not the biggest man I think he's uh, five foot eight, five foot seven. Um, but uh, he's very skillful. Uh, he does get stuck in even though he's small and um, he can fill in as we've seen at left back uh, left midfield central midfield if necessary left wing and even up front so four or five positions for him to, to play in there and I think he'll do very well as well I'm not sure about the Celtic team myself having not watched the, the, the actual players so I don't know how he'll fit into Angie's systems but I'm sure the Celtic fans will uh, tell you if you ask them and made as a striker isn't he so is he in, in what sort of mold if you had to kind of draw a comparison maybe with a more uh, you know recognizable player uh, uh john hartson no oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a long time ago wasn't it that was a long time ago yeah um he's also he's not the he's not the biggest player but he's mm. he's very stocky and very muscular and we always make fun of him over here with the fact that he looks about 40 even though he's only 23 or 24 mm. now i think um, so, and he's, he's had some uh, time in Europe as well. Uh, he was in Europe, uh, Portugal, uh, played only about 20 games in uh, Maritomo on loan from uh, what was then a, a J2 side. He came back and got signed for Yokohama F Marinos and then Ange moved on and they won the championship together. He's uh, 
I would say he's left-sided uh, in, as opposed to right, but also straight down the middle. And whereas Furuhashi likes a ball over the top to run onto and finish off, Maeda can take it with his back to the goal and play it back again and turn off. And he can also barge his way through people. So he's uh, he's, he's more of a centre forward, although he's not you know tall enough to be the John Hartson that I just mentioned. But uh, he's uh, he's strong. He's finishing. He's good. And uh, he's uh, I think he's got quite a good sense of humour off the field. So I'm looking forward to seeing some of his interviews. Do you ever get asked, Alan, by scouts or agents for your view on some of these players? Because you obviously know them. <laughs> I do. I uh, <laughs> Literally, I think 1997 was the, the first time I was in touch with a Premier League team, actually, about a guy called Hidetoshi Nakata, mm. I think we might have mentioned before. Yeah. And uh, I actually recommended him to Aston Villa at the time, and uh, he ended up surprisingly uh, not even talking to Aston Villa, but apparently he talked to Coventry City before he ended up in Italy. Um, I literally get, I mean, weekly uh, comments from various people. I, I'd say they, they're scouts and agents. Uh, I, I rarely get clubs, you know, I guess especially the Japanese system is very fixed that if you haven't got an agent, you don't get to talk to anybody. It's very, uh, very hard to do. So I get uh, people asking about Japanese players and I get even more uh, players in particular, uh, certainly from from the, the lesser-known European countries and, uh, and Africa, who literally weekly say, uh, can you fix me up with this team or can you tell me how to get into the J-League? And I, I have to tell them, you know, find an agent and then I'll put you in the right place. But, yeah, yeah all the time, it's great. But a success at Kogo, really, I'm going to say the success at Kogo, Alan, means you probably be getting some more calls. The other appeal is that, that these are relatively inexpensive players. I've heard one or two people suggest that the, the, the selling clubs in, in the J-League, let them go a, a touch too cheaply. You think that's right? A touch? I think that's <laughs> rubbish. It's crazy cheap. Mm. I think Kyogo was the, the record signing from Japan and only cost 5 million um, euros or pounds or whatever I was quoted in. But, uh, yeah, the problem over here is we have uh, agents who are very strong and very pushy towards the clubs. And um, a lot of Japanese players are on literally one-year contracts, uh, which... You know, if they're good players, they're pretty much automatically rolled over. Though it's not it's doesn't doesn't help the, the young players or the lesser players who don't get a new contract. But it's basically to to ensure that players can go cheaply or freely um, to uh, foreign clubs overseas. The best mm-hmm. players are given short contracts intentionally, and uh, then it you know happens. I think um, she, um, Okazaki, who joined Leicester City a few years ago and then won the championship with them, Shinji Okazaki. Mm-hmm. Uh, was about to leave Japan for free uh, six or seven years ago when uh, it was discovered that his contract actually ended on at midnight on January the 31st and and then he couldn't sign for the new team until you know one minute after midnight on February the 1st and suddenly the, they realized that they had to pay a, a fee but even then because because the, the technicalities were thrown in there to make sure that the the, the S-Bolts got a fee, it was only a million a million dollars apparently, mm. which was you know quite peanuts for a, a player who was playing for the national team and and then went on to win a championship at Leicester. Yep. So yes, I totally agree with you. Japanese players go too cheaply, and you know what's worse? There's I've never heard of a sell-on clause. Wow. <laughs> The clubs, the clubs have got up their game, haven't they? Um, just finally, let's get a word on Kawabe, the lad that uh, at Wolves have signed. He's gone back to Grasshoppers on loan. He's been playing in Europe. Twenty-six-year-old midfielder. What can the? It's the first Japanese player they've ever signed. So, uh, what, what, can we, what can you tell us about him? I think it's rather nice that they have. I heard he was going to Wolves uh, just for a training session in the, the break for Switzerland, but obviously there, there's some connection as. Uh, 
help them sign him. He's apparently signed for three and a half years already, mm. which is nice. And, um, of course, he's gone back to Grasshoppers because I, I'm not sure he even qualifies for the working permit anyway. So I'm not sure of all the details there, but I know they're, they're working on it. There's, he's, he's, a, he's a combative midfield player. He's a bit like Hideguchi, but um, he's, he's a lot less well-known. Uh, the fact that he went to Grasshoppers, who are you know, obviously in a, in a lesser league, no offence to your Swiss listeners, um, and he's done very well. But uh, I think a lot of Japanese people will be surprised to see that he's, he's joining a Premier League team. Have you heard of Kaoru Mitoma? We haven't. Tell ask. us about him. Well, he's he signed for Brighton at the start of the season, right? Um, but he couldn't get a working permit, and he's he's on, he's on loan to Belgium, who are owned by the same gentleman who owns Brighton, apparently. And uh, he's uh, well, this team, uh, Royal San Royal Union San Gilloise, I think they're called, um, have been promoted from the second division of the Belgian league, and uh, they're top of the league. And Mitoma is is literally like I don't know. I must be player of the season. He's he's absolutely fantastic. He's an incredible winger, and hopefully you'll see him uh, playing at Brighton. And hopefully that's still in the Premier League next year, because uh, so listen, Kaoru Mitoma is a, a superb player, and I think uh, with with the success of these players and someone like Kawabe, who's not exactly a household name uh, in the international scene, there will be even more teams now looking to to sign up a Japanese player. And then, you know, they'll loan him out, which is exactly what happened with Iriguchi in the first place when Leeds signed him and he couldn't get a visa anyway. Yeah, I'm just reading so, Graham Potter had said that they were considering trying to bring him back in January, Matoma. I don't know if they will. That was a couple of months ago. Maybe there's issues there. But, yeah, it sounds like he's done very well over there. So, uh, brilliant, Alan. Uh, Thanks, Alan. Fantastic. Chapter and verse on all those players. Appreciate that. We'll catch up with you soon. Thanks a lot. Always a pleasure for you. Thanks, mate. There we are. Alan Gibson there, Japanese football expert, clearly. So Celtic fans, now you know the inside track on the new boys, good. Wolves fans, yeah. and that's where the bargains are to be had, Andy, I think, which is probably where Daniel Levy will be sitting down with uh, <laughs> with Antonio Conte. Antonio, you pointed out that Conte had said, I'm yet to have my meeting with the with the uh, chairman. Well, good luck with that. Um, uh, when are we having our meeting, Daniel? Just 10 minutes. It'd be, be like major, 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 major in Catch-22. Be climbing out the window every time he knocks on his office the 31st. door. <laughs> as elusive as, you know... Martin Peters at the far post he'll be. You won't be able to pick him up. It's going to get good luck with that. So um, keep your uh, fictional team coming. We're getting quite a fictional side together. Gordon Bennett, Willie Nilly, Carlos Kickable, Tom Dick and Harry in midfield, Charlie Big Potatoes, Jimmy Riddle, Flash Harry, Joe Schmo, Bobby Dazzler, Joe Bloggs, Billy No Mates, Charlie Farns Barnes, the tea lady is Doris, has to be Doris. Keep them coming. Talksport.com, text 81089, tweet to TS. John Doe, the manager. John, John Doe's going to have to, somebody may suggest that. John Doe will definitely be the manager. And uh, let's not forget um, Ian from Irvine. He gives us Johnny Come Lately. He'll be <laughs> yeah, in there as good. well. <laughs> yeah, so talksport.com, text 8989, tweet TSHNJ. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Yes, uh, Lewis also adding John Doe to the generic fictional side. Uh, Frankie Leyland says you need a bit of Latin flair, so let's have persona non grata. Um, well, he wouldn't be in there, would he? No. Wouldn't, and, be um, wouldn't be welcome. A utility player, of course, for one of the listeners. No name on that one. Jack of all trades. Uh, Talksport.com, text 8 to 89, tweet TSH and J. It's TSH ANDJ. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Something's gone on in the Talksport <laughs> kitchen today. Really? Someone has gone in with the calorific equivalent of uh, an oil dump. 
in the in the Talksport kitchen. They've come in with all their Christmas tut. They have decided <laughs> yeah. that they don't want it lying around their kitchen and in their cupboards to eat for the next two or three weeks. Um, piling on the pounds. I'm not eating mince pies in January. No, it's um, yeah. no. What this is what we, this is what we encountered: a massive bag of sweets with your fruity pops, the love hearts, the uh, drumsticks of this world, as mm. Brian Marwood would say. <laughs> uh, massive box of Jacobs crackers, which I make. You're the old family business. That's right. Yeah. Some um, we had some sort of uh, flapjacks. A massive Christmas box of fruit jellies. A pretzel cracker pack. This is clearly someone who's going to have a party, but someone got got the virus and couldn't come. They thought, I can't have it sitting around. I'll Billy Bunted a lot of it. So they've brought it all into work. It's good, isn't so it? we can all join in. Mm. And then adding to it are the orange and cranberry uh, berry crimbo jaffa cake. Oh, I might try one of those. Oh, you oh, you see, so you're in the back oh, in the yeah, game, well, are you? <laughs> so whoever did that, shame on you, inflicting that on all of us just because Marvelous, you don't want the it? calories. Now, I've got a few bits for you. Here, this this one amused me. This uh, guy sent a text. I think it was to The Sun, actually. Yeah. It's Paul Marston in Warsaw. He says, I have no problem with footballers celebrating goals, but why dart to the fans after scoring while COVID still causes havoc? Sort it, Boris. <laughs> sort it, Boris. What's he supposed to do? Does it come under his remit, does it? <laughs> Not really. Not quite sure. Get running onto the pitch and stopping players going to the fans. That's yes. what we like to have. Another ma- talking of politicians. Another man of the match performance from Vladimir Putin while we were away. Uh, he hit seven goals in an ice hockey friendly. Oh, well um, done. He's a hell of a player, isn't he? Well, he was man of the match for yeah. me. Huh? And there's no evidence. When I watch footage of him playing, there's no evidence that the other professional <laughs> hockey players that play for the Russian national squad are going easy on him. No. They're putting every, every bit as much effort to yeah. get the puck off of him as they would normally. That's Don't you true. think? And Belarus leader Alexander Lukashenko was playing yeah. uh, Lukashenko. Yeah. And not Lukashenko. There's a real, lack of, <laughs> there's a real Lukashenko about him, isn't there? <laughs> He's 67, he got a couple as well. Yeah, well, they, you know, everybody's putting yeah. in a shift around these guys. Tremendous, isn't it? And uh, I don't know if you saw that story in the sun this morning about the postman who relieved himself and was caught on camera. Oh, yeah, yeah doing on it, the old doorbell cam. Yeah, and despite the photo, that I don't believe he was a real postman. He's wearing long trousers. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's a fake, fake postman. Fake postman. The one, delivery driver once came to my door to drop something off. He said, could I ask a favour? Would you warm up my um, dinner in your microwave? No. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah, he said, I hope you don't mind. He said, but I, t- I, I did it. I felt a bit sorry for him. So he had a little oh, sort of... We had a little... I mean, what, what, what harm was it going to do? Your meal in my microwave. <laughs> well, he didn't ask me to knock up some. I am? Ba- Trevor Nelson. <laughs> knock up some potatoes. Nice. Thank you. Max would have liked that. But uh, no, I just I felt for him. I thought he's probably in the van. Yeah. He's there all night. You know. And, Fair I, enough, isn't and he it? said, "I mean, I don't know what it was. I just I basically I just loosened the lid mm. on his Tupperware. Not a euphemism." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, and nice of warmed up, warmed up. Yeah, it didn't explode really in the oven. Nice I mean, if it had all kicked, it might have been worse. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, he was. It doesn't hurt, does it? I mean, yeah, you, don't, I you do get the odd strange enough, request really. from the delivery yeah. boys, but they are they are hard at it. Um, and, and, uh, do you see a story about Cliff Thorburn? Um, he's playing his last ever tournament this week. He goes into retirement Good luck, this week, mate. playing in the World uh, Champion, the Masters tournaments. Mm. And uh, an interesting guy, interesting life he's led. There was a few hints at that today. In the, as a youngster, he used to go sort of uh, hustling in North American poor halls. Um, and this is Hector Nunn, so he should never do outside a, 
uh, a convent, of course. Uh, but Hector, <laughs> every time we say it. But uh, yeah, Hector was telling us today that uh, he'd had a chat with Cliff. And Cliff said, I played at a place once in Oakland where I was winning. And the backer of the other guy opened up his jacket and showed a gun. And he said, ain't nobody leaves here with my player's money. So uh, he said, eventually I saw we had to lose at, uh, at least some of it or get robbed. So that was the kind of sort of yeah, thing that was going on. you know. I mean, yeah. yeah. Good luck to him, really. So yeah. that's good. Uh, Malcolm Bounforth wrote about uh, Manchester United's Who's problems. He? He's the guy who wrote the Sun. This oh, morning. okay, fair enough. Yeah. He says uh, Manchester I United. Might, I thought he might have been famous. No, no, he's good. He says Manchester United are dysfunctional with Ralph Rangnick in charge. Mm. I mean, it's necessarily Ralph's fault. Uh, against Wolves on Monday, he took off Mason Greenwood and Jaden Sancho. It was a bit of a strange one, wasn't it? Take yeah, off Greenwood. A little bit of uh, heat for that. The strike force he chose was inept. Gavani and Ronaldo. I wouldn't exactly <laughs> describe them as inept. And this is the final one that gets me. Bring back Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, he says. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's, that didn't Can't take a lot long. of United fans saying that. That did not take really long, did it? Seem very strange, really. Yeah. Um, nice forthcoming marriage in the uh, Times today. Oh, it's yeah. L.S. Glossip and Mr. E.J. Uh, Arger. I don't know what sort of oven he's got. <laughs> That's right, runs all the heating as well, apparently. No problem at all. Yeah. Well, if anyone can, the Arga can't. <laughs> oh, <my. clears throat> um, do you see Jack Leach signed somebody's head today? Did he? Yeah. They didn't you know when he was out in the outfield. Yeah. He didn't look best pleased about it. He did it. He, but he, some, was, um, he, was he player? I didn't even realise that he was playing. Yeah, he, he, was, uh, he, was, he was on the outfield, uh, doing a bit of fit, and then he went out and he signed, uh, yeah. Signed the then bloke's. He got a bowl, didn't he? Signed the probably, bloke's. Probably, probably no, he did have a bowl, did he? Yeah, he came. Oh, right. Wood came on just after him, and they got. Oh, right. when Wood okay. just got his wicket, I think. Am I going mad? No, it was. It was I'm Jack not, Leach. I, to be honest, you've not I've been not, following. I've not been following it. At no, all. I've, I've, I've lost just watching the highlights. In it. I just didn't see hardly any of the Melbourne teams. Yeah. We're keeping an eye on this South Africa uh, India game at the moment, and uh, South Africa look like they're uh, they're doing okay, Andy, don't they? Hundred and thirteen yeah, for two. It's, it's been a very good series. Two forty is the target. But yeah, the, the cricket's been good, isn't it, from what I've seen of it. So. It's a bit like you know we follow Matt Scott when Arsenal are losing, here you get a bit of Schadenfreude. It's the same with Harsha Bogle on Twitter. When India, when India are going badly, oh, very, you love it, do you? Very amusing. You, you revel in his discomfort. <laughs> okay. You're He's a cruel like me. man. Can't Andy. Take it. You're a cruel man. I know. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. 
The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs here on Talk Sports. Uh, the owners of our uh, fictional generic team, Dance has come up with them. They are, of course, Lord and Lady Muck. <laughs> <laughs> they own the club, Dance. Thank you very much for that. Colin would like to see a another uh, oh, yeah, feature good. in the squad. He certainly will. A trialist. <laughs> uh, someone to take the penalties, says 40. Johnny on the spot. Perfect. Beautiful. Oh, sorry. And um, I don't know what role she'd have. Um, uh, my giddy aunt says Andy <laughs> Reese. She'd be. She's probably head of the supporters club. So what a fictional team you're building for us this afternoon. Keep them coming. Talksport.com. Text eight ten eighty nine. Tweet tshnj tshandj. If you're in your forties, get your skateboard out. Uh, we've got some good news for you coming up shortly. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. <laughs> Now, uh, Andy, a question for you. Um, yes. Do you have a skateboard? <laughs> no. But your your lads were both very much yeah, into it, weren't the they? the older one, he loved skateboarding. Yeah. And, and uh, would you occasionally go down the skate park? Pretty tricky, really, yeah. Jump on boards well, in no. your 50s? No, I wouldn't. You wouldn't? <laughs> no. I when think, did you officially retire? Uh, well, I never really did. took it up. Okay. Yeah. It was all basically a hoop and a stick when you were oh, young, yeah, wasn't that's it? that's right, yeah. Running down the street. <laughs> but uh, I, I like the clothes. I like the whole culture of you skateboarding. You like the culture, but yeah. not necessarily the, the, well, the skateboard you aspect. You see this thing where you jump up and down on the board. I think it's called an ollie, and you make this noise. It's so clatteringly noisy. <laughs> Stop doing that was the familiar cry, was it? Yeah, I would imagine. Like that, yeah. We bring this up now because uh, there's a new study, Identity and Wellbeing in Older Skateboarders. It's published in the book mm. uh, Lifestyle Sports and Identities. And actually, um, as part of the research that was done into this, the, the, the power of skateboarding in middle age is huge uh, to those that do it. Uh, mm. Dr. Paul O'Connor from the University of Exeter, he carried out 30 interviews with middle age scouts. Uh, skateboarders to find out not middle scouts, not scouts. No, I don't think so maybe scout skateboarding is a little subsector I don't know good afternoon Paul hi there how you doing good thank you I just my first question was are you are you were you drawn to this because you're a middle-aged skateboarder yourself or, or not is that just co- coincidence no that's that's precisely right I, I wanted to change in my research direction so I wanted to try and do something closer to home closer to my own experience and yeah, I've been a skateboarder since I was 11 years old, and um, yeah, I'm now 46, so it's part of my identity, it's part of my narrative, and um, I wanted to find out more about why other people also yeah. continue to skateboard later in life, or took it up later in life as well. Because you do have to overcome that, that maybe that slight embarrassment of being the only 40-year-old guy in a backwards baseball cap amongst a load of teen. I mean, because it takes, it takes some doing, doesn't it? You, you, you know, you've, it's quite a difficult thing to do. Uh, and, you know, because there would be people that, that may well take the mickey. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and actually, I had that anxiety myself when I stopped for a, for a year or two um, at the end of my teens. And I, I started again when I was 20. And I thought, Christ, I'm, I'm, I'm too old to be doing this. And, <laughs> and, and so, you know, when I speak to a lot of other people, they, they had that same kind of experience. Like, well, I don't really care that I'm in my 40s or 50s now because I only really ever felt like embarrassed about it when, when I was in my 20s you know they've got over that but it certainly is real for people who are new to skateboarding and they, they want to try it out they're interested they think why didn't I try this when I was younger I, I want to have a go at it I want to have a crack at it and, and one of the really uh, great things about that is that there's been a huge boom in the construction of skate parks across 
across the planet, but particularly, you know, in, in, in the UK. Mm. Um, and people see these places as legitimate locations that they can go and try skateboarding. Sometimes, you know, the architecture is a little bit intimidating with big ramps and curves and bowls, but essentially they, they see it as, as a place where they're safe to go and skate. They're not going to get hit by a car. They're not going to be told to move on and get off the street. So the boom in skate parks has made people feel a little bit less embarrassed. And often, you know, the, the, the opportunities that older people have to go and skate, they're, they're likely to encounter some other people around about the same age at the park at the same time. So that's been a huge boon in getting over the embarrassment that some people might feel. Yeah. The effect on reducing depression, is it specifically skateboarding or would any sort of exercise somebody took up running or they took up, you know, going to the gym or this sort of idea? No, that, that's quite right. You, you know, and, and one of the ways in which this research has garnered a lot of attention is people have been promoting it. It's like, oh, skateboarding will solve everything. Well, it doesn't solve everything. And, and just like doing other exercise and, and being able to plug into a different type of community, certainly, the, you know, skateboarding is similar in that respect. But the things that are notable about skateboarding that, that perhaps people don't always recognize, um, certainly people who haven't tried their hand at skateboarding, is that it gives a really strong sense of empowerment and self-determination because you, you learn something that's a little bit precarious and you, you've actually got to really focus and develop your sort of bodily sense of control to get on top of it. And, and that gives people a real sense of achievement that you don't often get later in life. But combined with that, you have a ready-made community. Skateboarders are very open. They're very passionate about what they do. So if you start skateboarding, you're going to find encouragement from the peers that you encounter. Uh, and, and that's really intoxicating, especially for a lot of older people who might struggle to make new friends. You know, you're in a routine with a family and a career and, and going out and just making new friends to hang out with and simply have fun um, is it, something that that's harder to, to capture as you get to your middle age or later in life. So that's a big, big boon as well. Interesting. You said, you know, finally, you, you were surprised just how emotional many of the people you interviewed got. You know, guys fighting back tears, people saying that that uh, there was a kind of spiritual aspect to this for them. That's interesting. Yeah, um, and, and that was a really big part of my research. I, I, I wanted to initially find out why were people still involved in the subculture? But what I was shocked by, what I was surprised by, was just the depth of feeling. Yeah, I, I had people in tears, men and women, uh, who were talking about how important it had been and for them getting over a breakup or for, for them finding their identity after they had some trouble or, you know, a depression, for example. But um, the, the really interesting thing for me, because I'm a sociologist of religion as well, is that I found people that had made their own sort of spiritual uh, kind of identifications through skateboarding. There was one guy that had a curbstone in his bedroom and put a candle on that and would pray to that or meditate to that. And and that's when I went on to expand the research and, and I wrote a book on skateboarding and religion, which are two things that people don't tend to put together. But mm. it was really, really interesting research. Good to talk to you. Thank you very much, Paul. I think the Archbishop of Canterbury is quite good. Yes, I'd love to see him. It would be quite interesting. Lambeth Palace, they've probably got a ramp in there. That would be fantastic. Dr Paul O'Connor there from the University of Exeter on that uh, research into middle-aged skateboard. Come on, Andy, it's never too late. I want to get one for my mum. <laughs> never too... No, 
90. Well, she can still not? do it. Oh, yeah. She'll be fine to get her down the skate park. Fantastic. Just get her at the top and let her go. She'll be fine. <laughs> She'll soon get the hang of it. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Ryan's been in touch in Newcastle. He says, has Leroy Rossini settled down yet? Am I okay to leave my house? <laughs> yeah. If you were listening this time that yesterday, you'll know uh, Ryan uh, said he'd spotted uh, our old friend Leroy Rossini from West Ham striker, of course, and talky manager, as Charlie was very keen to point out, um, at a um, refuse tip, and uh, he was getting some clog from uh, one of the people at the tip, one of the staff there, for putting the wrong bag in the uh, wrong skip. Well, Leroy was having none of it. He was outraged. I've never known him so angry. <laughs> he came on and he said, how, to run, how dare you? How dare you? Ryan made the point at the time that it was actually the guy, at the, the guy in the high-vis, not him. He just witnessed it. But, Ryan, I think, you know, I think you're safe to leave the house. Leroy's not, he's not a vindictive man. He would have, he would have calmed down by now. <laughs> but we should thank you before we leave for all of the, we mentioned earlier on uh, we, we were saying, would I be allowed in to um, Australia if I wasn't Novak Djokovic with an exemption, if I was just Charlie Farnsbarns? One of the names, of course, yeah. that you always come up with generally when you're just... Farnsbarns has been rejected as well. Farnsbarns, he hasn't got his. <laughs> when you're just searching for any kind of generic name. So we built a team of generic names, oh, yeah, a squad. And let me run you through the squad that we built this afternoon. Uh, Gordon Bennett. Tremendous. Willy Nilly, the Dutch star. Hmm. Uh, persona non grata. Was he there? Wasn't he there? He was there, but no one really wanted him there. Carlos Kickerball featured. Jack of all trades was our utility man, you suggested. We had a midfield three of Tom Dick and, of course, Harry. Uh, Charlie Big Potatoes featured. Jimmy Riddle, uh, he did as well. Flash Harry, um, midfield fancy Dan. Uh, we had the American winger. Uh, Joe Schmo, uh, another show off. Bobby Dazzler was in the team. Mm. The bog standard Joe Bloggs uh, was uh, part of that. Billy No Mates uh, stood alone on the touchline as a sub. Of course, Charlie Farns Barnes, Johnny Come Lately. He, kept, he was one of the last ones we got. <laughs> yeah. John Doe was part of the management team. <laughs> yeah. Doris, the tea lady, has to be Doris. Got no identity. My no, giddy no. aunt. She yeah. runs the uh, she runs the supporters <laughs> club and has done for about sixty years. And uh, uh, of course. The the owners, thanks to Dance, uh, were Lord and Lady Muck. So thank you, thank you for all of those uh, this afternoon. Good. So Andy, uh, you're back oh, tonight. You're going to the game, aren't you? I am. I'm, I'm not going to the bridge. To no. Um, no. Uh, so I've, I've rarely had much joy as a Tottenham fan at the bridge over the years. You just get sick of being chased back to Fulham Broadway Station by some of your Herbert fans I when I was a kid. Under Potch, you had one particularly yeah, very good performance. Well, yeah, uh, Deli Ali scored, Alley a, scored a very good yeah. goal. But I've not, I've not been to watch Spurs there for a while, so maybe I should keep away. Mm. I'm going to the second leg, so I want it to be alive. And you think, you think? Oh, that, I think um, it's going to be tight. You yeah. Know, I don't. I think the game will still be alive, but after tonight, yeah. Okay. I mean, I'd love it if it was three 0 Yeah, <laughs> so would I. But uh, even then, we'd be saying, "Well, it's only half time." The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, there we are. That was this afternoon's show. Charlie alongside me uh, tomorrow. Andy back on Friday. Although you'll be here for a birthday spread. Tomorrow, oh yeah, it's all done. Oh, oh, good. You pleased with it? Oh, Quality well, of the jokes, not bad. Not a bad start for the new year. Good, good, good. Right, OK, well, high expectations then. So you can join <laughs> Charlie and myself tomorrow from one. Fantastic. If not, a podcast will be available about four. For now, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.